It is July 14, 2023, here again with Common Sense Ohio uh, from Studio C at Channel 511. Um, what is Common Sense Ohio? Well, it's easy. Just go to commonsenseohioshow.com and you can like, subscribe, and share our podcast with everyone else who needs a dose of common sense. As I always say, it's like the old you know, the TV show, I forget what it was now, um, where the guy would talk to the neighbor across the fence but never really saw him. Um, tool Time, maybe? Tool Time. That was the TV show he was on. What was that show? Oh my gosh! A, a good conservative guy too. Any, anyway, the yeah. uh, oh. if you've got that kind of neighbor and he needs a little dose of common sense, just say, "Hey, look, psst, commonsenseohioshow.com. Check it out. <laughs> check out Norm's blog. Check out Brett's blog. And Steve's going to write one. I promise. And then you can share it, like it, and download it. And where do you download it? Well, if you, it, we can make it easy if you just go to the website. But if you don't want to do that, if it's a little bit beyond your technical capabilities, I understand. I'm 53. I don't have those abilities either. But uh, you can just go to Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcast, and you can subscribe and like it right there. Leave a comment. Send us a note at commonsenseohioshow.com, and we'll cover it. I'm talking really fast because we're always limited on time, and Norm is ready to go. I can see him on the screen remotely. Brett is here in the studio and uh, so with that, Norm, I will punt the ball your way. He's always got a stack of papers. So let's, uh, yeah. let's hit it. Yeah. One one case that we've been following is the UC student who uh, yes, received, I saw this. Yeah, received a zero grade on her women's genders and uh, sex studies class uh, because she, want, she wrote a paper about biological women having to compete against trans men in athletics. And she used the phrase biological women and was told that that was a unacceptable reinforcement of heteronormality, <laughs> quote unquote, heteronormality by her professor. Her professor gave her a zero on that paper and Olivia Krolchek is the name of the student, uh, put out a TikTok video and basically it, it expressed her frustration. Uh, what other term except bio, quote, biological women could she have used to discuss the subject? So to those of us looking at this issue, it appeared to be that the professor just didn't want to discuss the issue because she wouldn't allow the term biological women to be to be used in the paper well how else do you discuss the issue so she gave her a zero the university of cincinnati um chairman of the department for women's gender and sex study uh gave her a reprimand in her personnel file for doing this, for violating this, the free speech code on campus. She has since withdrawn that reprimand. And um, it's all being done very hush-hush. Uh, the student, uh, Olivia, is naturally frustrated. And um, there doesn't seem to be an explanation now if the professor didn't do something wrong and the reprimand has been withdrawn, where does that leave students at the University of Cincinnati now uh, in terms of their right to free speech? I, I mean, I don't know. I find it frustrating also because uh, I don't know what the message is other than, hey, a professor can give you a zero 
on your paper if you use certain words. And uh, I guess the grade stands. The professor in her defense, uh, Melanie Nipper, name of the professor, has said that a zero on the paper does not mean a zero failing grade. Uh, so maybe that's how she, in her mind, is uh, justifying the zero grade that that it, that it's not going to affect Olivia's final grade. But I don't I don't really understand how you get a zero on a project and it not affect your final grade. Oh, but, the zero is like a rock. I mean, yes. that's an uphill battle from there in any subject. Well, yeah, again, that's, that's know, tough. Look, there, there's probably a way not to factor it. So you could just say we're gonna we're gonna take your grade as if that didn't exist, uh, and then give you the grade based on the rest of your body of work. But what if she has a grade of that's uh, say um, 85 average going into this, and she otherwise would have gotten a 95? You know, that raises this up a little bit. It raises the entire GPA up a little bit. It's, either way, it's unfair to this girl, and it's it, you know what this is. This is theater farce. I mean, this is, uh, she should get the benefit of a real grade and uh, from a genuine look at her work as opposed to a political look at her work because you don't like some uh, politically incorrect or put it in quotes, politically incorrect term. Well, and a zero represents that no work was done. Correct. Yeah. At least a 50, you know, that it represents, okay, you put work. I mean, I'd agree necessarily, but zero represents you did nothing. Well, this so flies in the face of academic freedom and discourse and you know this this idea of critical thinking that's almost impossible it's like it almost shocks me that we're having this conversation so you ask a student to write a paper and you grade the student not on the paper but you grade the student on some verbiage some term she uses uh as she's trying to describe her opinion so this is basically content-based grading i don't agree with your opinion i don't agree with the words you're using so therefore i'm going to flag you and you know it's 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 sort of like the freedom of speech uh, discussions we've been having, where you have these content-based uh, restrictions. So, you know, I guess somewhere you might argue there's a line, the Overton window, so to speak, where you can't say certain things in a paper. They're so offensive, you can't take certain positions. But, I, I mean, clearly this is not that line, and clearly this uh, goes beyond any sort of rational, reasonable uh, viewpoint. I, I mean, if anybody says that this girl should got it, should get a zero because she used the term biological woman, that's uh, it, it, just asinine to me. Yeah, I, I, what's unclear, uh, obviously, because uh, she, it, it, the professor, uh, is not talking to uh, the greater community, if you will, to explain. Well, what would be the proper term for Olivia to have used? Uh, cisgender women. I, I don't know what other what term other than biological women. I mean, in her department of women, gender and sex study is the name of the department and the name of the course in in that realm. What could be a more contemporary and uh, current event issue than sports with biological women competing against transitioned men. I, I mean, that is obviously an apropos subject. I, what term would she advise the student to use to describe women who are born as women? I just, I mean, right. it's, it, it really, it's crazy. 
you, you just bring up a good point, Norm, because what this really is, is this professor disagreed not only with the premise of this student's uh, argument, but wouldn't even let her make the argument. And it's exactly. because exactly. she disagreed with it. So, you know, you, you would use the term biological woman as it, say she say the student used it as she has every right to use it to make a point. Look, I, I'm not going to bend over to this speech requirement that says I have to say cisgender or I have to say something other than biological woman because the premise of my argument is that there is a such thing as a biological woman and a bio, biological woman can't be duplicated by putting on a costume and somebody parading around and acting like women and then competing against women and taking their accolades in NCAA sports. So, you know, she is making a point by using that language. It is part of her argument. And as somebody who writes arguments day in and day out in courtrooms, this is what you do. You know, this is there's an art to making an argument. It's not just all logic and and syllogism. It starts with that. But then you there's an art form to present your argument in a way that uh, it's compelling. And if the student is learning how to do this and she wants to use this language in order to make her point, she has every right to do it. And dinging her for it um, and not, you know, I guess if you're if you're in a college class and a professor flags you because you've been asked to give an opinion paper and your research sucks, your argument is incoherent, your grammar and your writing style is uh, unreadable, and you maybe you got caught uh, making up sources or something, well, then you get an F. But you shouldn't be graded on which position or which side you took. I mean, it just it, it it's it's it just is offensive to its core. Yeah, yeah. It, it's as if the professor is not being, she's not being forthright. She's not being honest about what her biases are. Clearly, yeah. And she she's masking it in some kind of um, definitional. Uh, uh, you know, contest between her and the student instead of just coming out and saying, "I, you know, this issue is not ripe for discussion." Uh, that that it's closed off, and and the whole idea of trans uh, humanism uh, is uh, to me not fit for discussion in this class. Well, then I would ask, well, then what use is that department? Why do you even have a major called gender studies if you're not going to talk about the issue of people artificially changing their gender? All right. I and mean, and well, it's funny. The first comment that the professor gives her, because she uh, screenshot it, put it on TikTok, Olivia, this is a solid proposal. However, because you <laughs> use that term, I have to give you a zero, basically. This is a solid proposal. So she wow. liked the proposal. She just used the wrong words. Yeah, she didn't. Like Bottom line, though. I, I, yeah. Ultimately, I, though, she didn't. You're right. I she find that did to not. be BS. It's BS. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I, don't, yeah. I disagree. So I wonder, had she have taken the other position and also used the term biological woman in the context that you shouldn't use that? Say she say the, the student's argument is you should never use the word biological woman, and here's why. Yeah. Right. All right. I'll bet you she doesn't flunk. Correct. <laughs> Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know if you saw this, Norm, too, staying in Cincinnati that this past week, um, an Ohio officer down there lo- lost her job getting it back because of her using the N word and got caught on tape. The officer. Yeah. It's um, on April 5th in 22, Rose Valentino was caught on her own body camera saying, okay while stuck in traffic near Western Hills, University High School, and District 3 Police Headquarters. Well, she lost her job, but it's been 
they said she you know she she was in her cruiser alone she was um windows up when she encountered another vehicle blocking an exit according to the report she turned on her cruiser's lights and sirens this automatically turned on her body worn camera she said a student also flipped her off while she was trying to get the other car to move after reviewing what happened chief Teresa Thietke I'll say it's pronounced that way, T-H-E-E-T-G-E, fired her in August. The chief said Valentino's ready use of racial slur tarnished her ability to work with any community member. Now, Valentino was among a string of officers in recent years caught using slurs on duty. She's the only one to be fired. As a result, she filed a grievance seeking reinstatement, arguing in part that she was being punished differently for the insane infraction. The arbitrators disagreed. They said others used the slur in an off-the-cuff way. At worst, directing it at an individual. Wow. So we're going to judge how we use that word and in what context to how much we're going to either fire you or suspend you. Well, I got I to think You've this gotta through. You've got to be kidding me. I got to think this through because they're, I'm not so sure. I, I, don't, I, I didn't catch all the facts as you were reading them about how this officer allegedly used the word. Was it used derogatorily? Yeah. So she used it in a way that 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 was meant to truly if 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 the like person the worst form of the of the use worse I am not cause I'm not going to say how she said it but yes in the word but but she was in her car roll windows rolled up she was just caught on body cam yeah she got caught on a hot mic hot mic yeah yeah so she um, was not facing the person or saying it in front of that person but you know I'm not saying. I'm not giving her any grace on this. I'm saying she said it, you know, it was in the sure. context no, 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 of where, no, no. and the other, and the other people when the same like, said that word <laughs> and they're not, and they're not fired. I, I guess I get where she's coming from. It's like, wait a minute. Well, let's unpack it because I don't know that I disagree with this. I, I think if, first of all, let's, let's, let's change the facts a little bit for purposes okay. of our analysis. Cause you know, I, you hate to do that, but I think it's easier. No, let's no, say yeah. that she said the word out loud um, out the window at the individual who was the target of the mm-hmm. slur. All right. We can all agree that that's a bad use of that word and somebody mm-hmm. ought to be disciplined mm-hmm. for that. Um, now, say she is, she is in, she is in uniform and she is representing uh, right. local government in yeah. her uniform. Yeah. And that's so a racial she, slur by any. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, that way. I guess what I'm saying is the other officers ought to be gone too. Maybe. So let's think about it. Now let's take the other side. Let's okay. say somebody, say we use the word here at the table right? Okay. while we're talking about the, her use of the word. Yeah. It always bugs me uh, that we can't do that. I, I know. I know. I find that to be stupid. Yeah. Because it's, it's again, it's a suppression of speech that we've sort of, we, we have been, uh, we're, we signed up voluntarily for it. Yeah. You know, because we could use it. You know, we can mm-hmm. do it. And there's no. I know. At least yeah. so far. Yeah. The thought police aren't coming our way. Right. But I, I think there should be. We can use words with intent, and we can use words without intent. So, like, it's the blackface argument. You know, when somebody dressed up like their basketball hero uh, out of reverence. Okay, yeah, right. That's different than somebody dressing up like, you know, the Sambo. Mocking. Mocking a black person. It's totally different to me. And I think they're, you know, I I think we, we got to a spot where, our society is, is like it created that no matter what your intent was, it's bad. And so maybe I'm okay with this okay. if now I think we have to change the facts back because if you use that word under your breath on a hot mic, you've sort of exposed your, your, your inner self a little bit. You have and for sure. That's it. So I've always said, I don't care. And people hate me for this probably, but 
I, and I say it almost as a um, to make a logical point. It's like we could have racist cops all over the police force, and we likely have some. Sure. Oh, I agree with that. Sure. I yeah. don't care as long as they don't act on it. Correct. They can think whatever they want. They can hide behind their little masquerade. They can do whatever they do. If they don't act on it, and, you know, that's a big if, but if they don't act on it, then it's okay because we have rules in place that prevent people from acting on those things. And when they do, they should be disciplined. And this scenario is very close to that. This scenario is very close to somebody almost acting on it. Um, and I, so I don't know. I, I don't know where I am with this. Yeah. I think, I, I guess, Brad, I might disagree a little bit. And I, I, I think... It's it's an somebody's it, intent behind. It's an interesting of level of talk about okay, what can you and can't? I, I bring it up to that point. It's yeah. like, uh, yeah, where is the injustice? Is there in where's in, the line? Where's the line? Yeah, where do you yeah. draw the line? And so, it goes right to your your uh, article, uh, you know, about the US, UC student. It, it, it's right in line with that. Yeah. So if the UC student is using the term biological female in the context of a quote clinical or academic debate, fine. I, I think she can use that term. I mean, that's, that's not even close to the other words we're no. talking about. But it, it, they're trying to make it that way. They're, it's going in that direction. Yeah, they're trying to make it that way. Just the very mention of the N-word gets you canceled and ruined uh, for the rest of your life. When we should be able to, we, we can't even tell people what the word is to tell them not to say it. Uh, yeah. Right? But then it, then it pops in your head and you've said it right. internally. I know, like, oh, I know, I know. And, 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 you know, there there is a, um, you know, it's like you have sinned just by thinking of it. Right, right. Uh, so is, is it any different if you say it out loud? And, you know, this is, uh, we talk about the, uh, we talk about the Gospels here all the time, but this is like, you know, you have committed adultery if you just think in your heart that you want right. to covet somebody else's woman. You know, and it's sort of like, all right, we all have to accept that if you suppress the speech, it doesn't change the thought. And in fact, it might actually make the thought worse and let it grow. And this is what we talked about last week, Norm, where if, if you don't have a meaningful, open discussion about these kind of topics uh, and, and shed the disinfectant of light on bad ideas, then the bad ideas tend to grow like mold and mildew and, and hide in the dark. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess her body cam would not have been on and therefore not, would not have ever been, the, the footage never would have been reviewed had she not turned on her bubblegum machine on the roof. Correct. I guess Correct. Once, once she did that, then there was some kind of official action being taken, being taken uh, by turning on those lights that then that indicates an emergency situation or some kind of uh, incident. And then her body cam comes on. And at that point, she would know Okay, I'm being recorded. Okay, I I, I would guess that yeah. the officers know when they flip on those lights that they're they, they on. Don't. They they're don't on always stage. know. They don't always know because really, here's what happens. really, a lot of times, not a lot of times, they are always set in my experience to go backwards. So if the if the police officers click on the Visibar light system, it's tied to their dash cam and audio recording equipment, and it will backdate the recording by 30 seconds, two minutes, or whatever it's set at. So a lot of times what happens, like we'll see, a, uh, take a DUI case or a basic OBI. I'll, we'll get the cruiser cam, and the officer will say, this guy made a wrongful left turn or something, and uh, then they turn on their lights to pull him over. Well, when we get the recording, the, can the recording is, 
is timed backwards to start about two minutes before they turn their lights on. So I get to see the alleged violation or mm, not see, see if that's the case. I see. So I think a lot of times they forget that. And mm. and this is another thing that's happened. There's body worn cameras now, Norm, and, and this stuff, you know, it is exposing all sorts of stuff, bad yes. police conduct. And I've got cases right now where this is going on, where two cops are looking at each other, like looking down where their cameras are and looking up in their eyes and sort of like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> Let's turn off our body cams because we don't want the, what we're about to do under uh, the microscope. And mm. so the, the, with body cams, they're aware. But I think sometimes maybe they get a little bit uh, loosey-goosey and forget that their 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 Visibar light system is going to backdate the recording. Mm. Yeah, I guess. So if I was, you know, her supervisor, if it said this is another, you know, uh, just thought exercise. If I was her supervisor, I guess I would have used this occasion, uh, you know, because I, I assume somebody reviews body cam or dash cam video of any time they they flip on the lights. There must be somebody who goes through that. That's how this got discovered. I assume no. she was she was by herself. So it's not as if another officer said, hey, she used, you know, an epithet that's unacceptable here in the police department and narked on her. That didn't happen. It it, it was somebody who reviewed the video. So yeah, apparently- I, I don't know how long that video is preserved. And it's probably varies by police department. And I, I, I'm not convinced that there's, there is like big brother out there reviewing all this video footage. Cause there's a ton of it. Well, um, it almost have to be unless, unless, uh, you know, they didn't say what happened after the incident. So she, she was caught on camera, you know, with, with audio video, that sort of thing. And then, she must have gotten out of the car to to uh, uh, approach what was going on there in Western Hills. Yeah, yeah. so that okay. probably yeah. happened. There was probably an incident. So and then the video the video gets preserved. It didn't say anything about why, yeah. how that sort of thing. But that uh, that must have been. Yeah. So let's hope that it's not a Big Brother situation. So, that they're reviewing so, everything. But yeah. So uh, I guess I would have further drilled down with the officer. Probably brought in, you know. Uh, somebody in the department who certainly they have a a civil rights or a a diversity person and and given the officer an interview about their attitude towards african americans blacks uh you know why did you use this word and try to try to figure it out you know there is as we all know there is banter uh within communities where this term is acceptable uh, as used between black people with each other in certain circumstances. Maybe she has a ton of black friends, uh, friends on the force. Uh, it could have been something she hears in the locker room there at the precinct. I, I don't know. I'm not no. making excuses. I would have found out a little bit more, I guess, about her attitude towards black folks uh, the people she serves, she serves many black residents of Cincinnati. And so it's important that she not be a bigot. It's important that they find out, why did you use this word? I wouldn't have a black and white, no pun intended, regulation that says anybody who uses this word gets fired. Yeah. Because Man. once again, black people themselves sometimes use this word even in an affectionate way, I've heard it used yep. between yourself. And well, so I don't know. I don't know just by her very use of this word, 
that she is a bigot. She may be, she may not be. And I would, that is what I would want to determine. If she is a bigot, if she is a racist, I would not want her in uniform representing the city of Cincinnati if I was her supervisor. Well, so, this is this is what I was talking about. So, it, look, if she is a racist, bigot, no good, rotten uh, to the core in her head, right. in her soul, right. right? But she doesn't act on it. Then logically, it doesn't matter. Now, the question right. is harder than that, obviously, because mm-hmm. those who those who operate that way certainly the danger is they will act on it. So now you got to go back and review her body of police work and see. That's where I was thinking too. go back and say, okay, it's just a one off. Yeah. And it's a bad day, bad moment, but yes, there are stirrings. This, this, this has always bugged me too. And this is not an advocate. I'm not advocating for being to calling somebody. No, no, but you know, let he without sin cast the first stone here because how many times have we looked at somebody in anger and used a word that we know will piss them off in the most, mm-hmm. you know, you F and whatever, you know, you're going to say things in anger and it doesn't necessarily reflect that you're a bigot or a racist. Um, it might be, it might be uh, offensive. It might be inappropriate. It might be just the foulest thing in the world. And this is close to it. But on the other hand, it doesn't necessarily reflect who you are as much as That's you, right. you, you let in, in law there I, I would call it mongo you don't let mongo out of the bag in front of the jury you get pissed off in front of the jury you do things that aren't that you lose control sure. and mongo sure. got yeah. out of the bag here and she lost control yeah the first captain sure. the first captain reviewing it wanted to spend her to suspend her three to five days and then the police chief says no she's gone too far and that's you know we don't know the rest of the story either we don't right. know what her history is and i'm just going off of article yeah, sure that's right. all i can do and i think you're bringing a good point we don't know her history yeah we so, don't so know it typically yeah. employment decisions aren't made one off you know typically there's yeah. a discipline record and so, other things and and look here's there's, there's another big picture topic here guys that we should talk about and that is is there a constitutional right to use that word and <laughs> you know this is a this is a government actor now that's a little bit different yeah. this is a that's government right. actor but that's right she is being disciplined also then by the government. So she's being that's fired right. for using speech that's offensive. And, and someone gets zero for using biological woman. Now, and now gets, that, you know, is that UC? Yeah, it was the UC. But, okay. yeah, but you know what? I'm just saying we're going down that slippery path. You go down that path. So we could say it's like it's easy to say. It's easy for people to say, look, you're never allowed to say that word. And there should be a law that says you shouldn't say that word. And I'm like, well, not so fast, man, because mm-hmm. if you make a law that, that you can't use that word, then you can also make a law that you can't use another word. And then after that, it gets easier to make a law that you can't use a word that you should be able to use. You know, it's it, it's this slippery slope that you always get stuck on when you start to regulate content of speech. It always happens. Yeah, you know, and you're, if you're going to have a consistent policy – if uh, if it is a a migrant uh, from south of the border and uh, you use a disparaging word about that population in a moment of frustration, would she have lost her job? Or if she was talking in Cincinnati, there's a lot of Appalachian. Yeah, you um, dumb effing hillbilly. Yeah. Or stupid or redneck. White honking, trash. White trash piece of crap, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's like I would be so I would be much more concerned as her supervisor that she has a bias against certain populations. And I would explore that. And if she needs counseling or something, you know, they have a, an investment in training this officer and to just cast her aside 
If it is, and I'm not accusing the police chief, because as you say, Steve, quite rightly, we don't know her complete dossier, her, her factual, you know, her, her employee uh, file. But if this is the first time and, and she got caught using a, a derogatory term about a certain population, I guess my impulse would be to thoroughly vet that and then to get her some training if it doesn't disclose a deep, some, some sort of hate or bias against that community, but just a moment of frustration where she let out a word that she hears elsewhere on the job uh, and, and just figures, you know, uh, I'm by myself in the cruiser, I'm blowing off some steam. Uh, right. I think, you know, they got to look at the whole picture and maybe they did. So, you know, I'm concerned for her rights, uh, and I it, yet I am also aware of the greater community's need to have unbiased officers. I mean, that is important. She carries a gun. She has a badge. She 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 decides right there at the scene of a crime uh, who she's going to arrest and or and who she's going to let off the hook, and is she going to do that impartially? So yeah, yeah. it's a legitimate point of investigation i and i don't know i don't know which way this should have been decided without more information right yeah well i, I think i think we we can all agree this i mean you know let's set some, some parameters on this now we can move on because look there's the worst form of using that word and that is when it's specifically intended to be a racial uh slur because you're a racist all right um, but it's not the word that's racist. It's the it's the intent and the use in in the person that's racist. And then you can Correct. use the word on the other end of the spectrum, Norm. Like you said, it's, it can even be used as a term of endearment, like yes. cousin, you know, or yeah. brother, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's lots of uh, things in between. And maybe maybe like a step beyond or a step uh, this side of the worst use. You use it because you're pissed at somebody and you want to make it known that you're pissed at that particular individual and you're using a word to make it so just to let them know that you're really pissed off and you want to hurt that person. Yeah. And to me, that's different than somebody who's who's got the heart of a racist. Um, it, it, and, you know, the problem with all of this, of course, is there's no good way to read somebody's mind. You know, you, you don't know. And like you said, maybe, Norm, you can have a counseling session, you can interview the person, but who's going to say, oh, yeah, I'm an abject racist and... Uh, you know, it's like, it's so difficult. These are hard topics. So I like to create standards that are implementable across the board. And that is like, all right, should the first question is, should there be a constitutional problem with outlawing that word altogether? And I think the answer is yes, because then you're going to catch the people who are using it, uh, as a term of endearment. And let's say somebody, now what you've done is you created a policy where a racist white cop could arrest a black person for using the word. So then you have to say, well, we'll modify that law and we'll say only black people can use that word. But what if a black person is, is uh, like, how do you define that? What if my grandfather's black, but my skin is mostly white? Am I allowed to use it? It's like, it's impossible. impossible. So, you know, these people that think that they're doing righteous good uh, never think through the like level one, two, three, four, five, and beyond of what these policies and practices actually mean when you implement them, and they create enormous bureaucracies of impossibility. So, anyway, with that, yeah. I'll shut up about it. We can move on. Yeah, um, we the, on the previous show we we spent most of the entire show talking about the Missouri v. Biden uh, injunctive decision by Judge Doughty uh, in Louisiana, federal 
district court judge, um, the Biden Department of Justice came back almost immediately and requested a stay of his injunction. Uh, and he himself, the judge, uh, uh, having just issued a 155 page decision uh, on the injunction, denied the stay, the re the motion for stay. So um, apparently, uh, well, we all thought this, we have not heard the last of this particular case. So, um, you know, th that happened this past week and he turned down their motion for stay. So uh, here we go. We're going to find out uh, a lot more about the Biden administration's um, clear desire to interact with big tech, big social, and uh, uh, manipulate what is and what is not permissible uh, on social media from a government free speech point of view. Amazing that they would uh, press this, but they indeed are pressing this issue. I think it's telling that they're pressing it. So, you know, it, this is another one that seems so blatantly obvious to me that it's hard to even contemplate somebody taking the other position of this. Like you have, yes. you have the federal government stepping in, influencing a, a private company to suppress speech based on content. All right. Like uh, that's what, what, what else can you say about it? Exactly. That's not a spin. It's not. That's a no. fact. And if this happened with the, the you know, the first, uh, the, the, the uh, traditional media, Newspaper or TV, it would be all hell would be breaking loose. Yes, and I, I, I am blown away that anyone disagrees with this. I am <laughs> utterly blown away. It, it, it reflects something very, very dangerous. I think in our society. And Normie said this is your issue of the year. I, this, this one scares me because you know what? It's not that this is different than all the other social issues and the cultural battles that are going on. I think it's more like it's just manifesting itself here. Like this is this is this is the front line of it. Because if you have one side not willing to debate with the other side so much so that they will empower the federal government and are okay with the federal government suppressing the other side's uh, argument and position based on the content of their speech, then it almost is like it's too late. We're, we're past the point of return. If anybody is good with this, all you have to do is look in the mirror and say, what if they did it to me? Yeah. And your right. yeah, but I'm right argument doesn't freaking work. No doesn't just no work. no Stephen Brad the country thinks you're wrong mm -hmm. you know in, yeah in the in the past week they have had FBI director Ray in front of Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan's Judiciary Committee yep. testifying on all kinds of issues involving the FBI I mean the Hunter Biden laptop all, all kinds of things this topic came up about the FBI agent uh, Elvis Chan is is one of them. Specific specific dates that the Twitter uh, files disclosed, you know, date, time, his flights out to Silicon Valley or or his uh, drive from the local office. I don't know where he, his uh, home office is, but anyway, they know the name of the employee. They know the dates of the meetings. They know who he met with. This all came out with the Twitter files, so. He was asked about that, Director Ray, and Director Ray denied. <laughs> so the congressman 
gave him all the specificity and he denied that those meetings were about throttling the content on social media. So on one hand, you have the Biden DOJ arguing that they have the right to interact with social media, to throttle information. But then the law enforcement arm that's actually doing it is denying that it's taking place. So, I mean, he he need, I, I guess Director Ray should have just been, he, he's being coy or, or he's lying. I, I don't know what it is it, about this topic that he can't simply cop to the facts and say, yes, we did have personnel involved in crafting proper subject matter for discussion on social media. And that is in dispute currently in the court system. But that's not what he said. He 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 said it's not happening. I mean, I mean, both of them can't be true. I mean, somebody. <laughs> yeah. No, it, there's. I, I think this will shake out that it is happening. I think there is. I think there's actually proof of it. And there's like, the, I think, I don't even think that, like the people doing it weren't even denying it. And the fact that they're championing that they should be able to do it, I think is a pretty telling admission that they're doing it. Right. Yeah, yeah but he doesn't want to say it out loud. Right. That's what's interesting. Yeah, at this juncture, at least. Well, which is, that that's way, an interesting maybe. psychological point that they don't want to say it out loud. You know, like, what does that reflect? Is that shame? Is that like, yeah. or is it like right. uh, the ultimate form of concealment that we're not going to admit that we're doing it? Like in, which is again, shame that you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, what are they really saying by not wanting to admit it? If it's really right, if you really think it's okay, then do what you're yeah. doing, you know, appeal the damn decision and say, we should be able to do this. Now I, right. I, I disagree for all the, my banter five minutes ago, but you know, it's like, if you can't, if you're not proud of what you're doing, you know, if you're, if, if you, if you're not willing to say that we're doing this and then advocate why you're doing it, then it is by definition, something that you know is wrong, right? It's like, come on, yes. you know, it's like, it, it, it's almost like, you know, it, 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 it's self, it's a self prophecy or whatever you would say, you know, they're, they're appealing it like they should, be. I guess what it is, it's a paradox. They're appealing it as if they should be allowed to do it legally. And at the same time, they're denying that they're doing it. Yeah. It's bizarre. Right. It's so bizarre. It's like, it sounds like war crimes. Right. Almost. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, we didn't do that, but, but we, we should be, we should be, we should but, be allowed to but do we it. have the yeah. right to do it. We have yeah. the right yeah. to do it. Yeah. Doesn't it? I mean, that, that may be an extreme, but it's like talking both sides, of your, both sides of your mouth on this one. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Right. Mm. Yeah. Um, we had a mass shooting up in Cleveland. Uh, this past week, uh, nine people injured. I don't think anybody succumbed to their injuries. There was one serious injury, but it, uh, and they know who the suspect is and may have arrested him by now. It was supposed to be a young male, uh, and they, it, somebody identified him. So the police probably are after him or got him. I, I don't know what has happened in that department, but the mayor of Cleveland, Justin Bibb, um, decried the, if you will, it's been called constitutional carry uh, bill that was Senate Bill 215 that was signed by Governor DeWine into law in March of last year. And he says that people not having to have a permit, being able to carry, uh, is contributing to guns on the street uh, that otherwise would not be there. 
and he says he need he wants the Republican party which is in control in Columbus at state government level uh governor uh supreme court house and senate uh he wants tools he doesn't specify what those tools are but clearly he, since he singled out constitutional carry uh he believes that that was a, a mistake and uh clearly would like that to be um withdrawn very unlikely, right, that that's going to happen. But uh, he has attached this incident to that piece of legislation. He tied the two together and said, essentially, that this is why these shootings are taking place, um, which flies in the face of evidence that these shootings took place prior to the passage of that law. And I certainly doubt that somebody... Personally, this is my opinion now, so now I'm editorializing. But I I mean, I, I don't think criminals read the criminal code before they go out and commit a crime. They, they This guy was going to shoot somebody and go get a gun to do it, whether whether there's a law in the books or not. I, I, yeah, this I, is like, yeah. I always, I, I was in, I always say this, it's like hate crimes are, are just foolish on their face to me because like, is there any other kind? You know, it's the old Jack Nicholson. Like, I killed somebody, and that was a hate crime. So, look, the person's still dead. I'm still going to prison for the rest of my life. But we theatrically call it a hate crime because the person happens to be of a different race or it was motivated by some psychopathic racial vendetta. It's like, yes, that's a hate crime, and he's still going to prison for the rest of his life. And and I think, Norm, you're categorically correct. I argue with people all the time. I think with Paul Scarcella when he was here, we had a little bit of debate about this. It's like, I, I or maybe with you, I think I argue with you about, like, the the— the deterring effect of punishments in courtrooms. It's like, look, criminals are going to go grab a gun and shoot somebody because they're criminals. And they already know, guess what, folks? Spoiler alert. They already know that you're not allowed to shoot somebody. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. They already know that. Right. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, darn it. They made a law that says I'm not allowed to shoot this person. Crap. I didn't know. You know, it's like. Yeah. And it, usually I think it's a scenario they have nothing to lose. Yeah. If I would they, have known they do it because they have nothing to lose. Really, really, really made it illegal, I wouldn't have done it. Right. Yeah, don't give me that nonsense. No, no. Like, they have nothing to lose. This is their last shot at retribution. Or they, they just know don't the con- care. They don't care. Right. They know, the, they know the consequences. They don't care. They know it. They and, know and, it. You know, they, they've had lives that have gotten them to a certain position right. where they don't care. And it might be like an incremental psychological degrading life that they've had and mm-hmm. I, I have empathy for that yes. and, and maybe that's where the focus should be but I, that's where the tools should come in and right. helping this this right. culture you, this society where he's grown up help it stop it like from, from, from the that, roots right? of it yeah and, and look it, it's never the policies it's never the crazy leftist policies that got us here uh or the government policies that got us here it's like we just need to do more stuff you know but look there was a time where this stuff didn't happen in the country Right. Right. And, yeah. You know, and maybe you could say it happened, but not. it's a matter of degree for sure. But it's like there was a time you didn't hear about this day in and day out. There was a time in Chicago you couldn't look at the you didn't look at the papers and see five more people dead in the inner cities, uh, black and white. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like there, there's times that that didn't happen. So what's gone wrong? And, and yeah. you know, maybe the first start is to go back and try to pinpoint when it really got bad or when it started to get bad and then say, all right, what what changed right before that? Like, yeah. What, what do we yeah. do? Like, put a scientific bent on this. Put a put a psychological study on this instead of saying it's racism, or instead of saying it's um, 
we, the government, wasn't allowed to do enough to fix it. It's like, no, no, that doesn't quite fix it, or that doesn't quite explain it. We need mm-hmm. a better look. And here's what I always say, guys. It's like it's never, most often I don't disagree with people on what the problems are. I disagree with often what caused the problems and how to solve them, but not what they are. Yeah. And Right. You know, yeah. like I, I'll, I'll admit that there are racists in the world. I just don't think that you can pass government laws and give the government full plenary power that's going to stop it. Because, the, the, you know, even if they could, the consequences of, of that power are going to manifest in ways that you don't want. So it's like we can at least agree what the problems are. Now we have to figure out why they were caused. And then once you know that, you can start to craft a solution. It just seems like yeah. so it seems so easy. Now, I'm not saying it's easy to solve them, but it's like that should be the analysis, shouldn't it? What am I missing? Right. The the mayor himself. So now I'm going to play defense attorney for the mayor, the mayor himself in other comments at the same time as he blamed the Republicans. He also said, I quote, it is important to note that we cannot change human behavior. So he seems to think like people who argue that if you get rid of alcohol, there's no alcoholism. Right. He seems to think that since you can't change human nature, Uh, and human behavior that it's just the gun like if you get rid of the guns there's no not going to be any more quote gun violence unquote well you can't get rid of the guns you can make a gun at home on a 3d printer i keep trying to tell people this there's no way to put that genie back in the bottle i don't care if you're in norway or Sweden or the United Kingdom or Australia, where all gun ownership is virtually banned. If you have a 3D printer, you can make a gun and well, you can yeah. you can make your own ammo. Look, so even if you could, it all you does can make come down. Weapon. Right. Yeah, it, that's right. It all comes down to what the mayor said. The one thing he said, which is right, you can't, in his opinion, you can't change now he said human behavior i think you can change yes, human you behavior. can influence the human behavior you can influence that's right yes. sure. that's right but not but, but the government can't do it by cramming down its views no. it has to happen no. at the cultural level or the grassroots right. level and and i've said this about gun control forever like yes yeah. and let's let's just say that we're all magicians here at, at um common sense ohio and we have the power infinite power to wave our magic wands and eliminate firearms uh, in their entirety, as if they never existed in the world, <laughs> then in theory, yeah. not actually in logic, then we would eliminate all firearm violence because there wouldn't be guns. What we cannot do, however, is just that we we don't have the power to wave our magic no. wand and get rid of guns. So it, just by saying we're going to outlaw guns doesn't mean you're getting rid of them. Um, just by saying that you're going to prohibit people from getting them doesn't mean they're not going to get them. Look, you can make it harder for people to get them. You can do whatever you want, but the criminals are going to commit crimes. And if the crime is procuring a gun they're not allowed to have, that'll be the first one they commit. And then they're going to go commit a crime with a gun. And, you know, this is the problem. It's like taking my gun away is not going to stop the criminal from getting his gun. Yeah. And, and, you know, this comes back to what what the thing that there's a couple of things that irk me the most in the world. And one of them is this. Well, we got to do something. Got to do yeah. something because, as I said a right. hundred times, whatever you do after that, you're acknowledging is not going to work. But you're just doing it for theater. You, you're going to do something so it looks like you're doing something and trying. And you know, that's a bunch of nonsense. Now there may be some minimal uh, purpose to that because you want your like if you're a leader in a company and you want your 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 followers to know that you're trying to do stuff. But at least acknowledge what you're doing is theater. It's all bullshit. You know, you're not going to. Yeah, get I mean, look, gun more gun control. That'll stop this. Yes. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the 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 bombers at, at, at the Boston Marathon used a a pressure cooker pot to kill people. Uh, the, the 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 truck driver on Bastille Day in Marseille, France, drove a truck and killed dozens of people uh, driving a truck into a crowd on, at Bastille Day. Uh, the, the 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 racist guy with the Dodge Charger or whatever mm-hmm. uh, in Charlottesville, right? That's how he killed that uh, marcher, was driving his car into her. He didn't use a gun. I mean, the the, the black fellow, what was it, 4th of July a couple of years ago in Illinois or wherever that was, Iowa, uh, where he, it was a hate crime. He admitted he hated white people. And and he, he killed a bunch of people with his car. So, I mean people that want to kill are going to kill people. We, we have it's, plenty of opportunity for weapons of mass destruction, quote unquote. We yeah. do. We do. Yeah. We do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 remember the Japanese terrorist uh, on board on board a train used some kind of toxic gas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going back 30 years. I, I remember because you can't have firearms in Japan. So he was on a subway and let out some kind of I forget what it was, a CS gas, or I don't know what it was, but he killed a bunch of people on a Japanese subway. Well, and, and you know, maybe another, let's look at another side of this. Like, the, the, there's always the law of unintended consequences, and, you know, good economists will see this kind of stuff. And it's like, if, if you want to implement a law like Japan or like England or like whatever, or whoever has these laws, all right, the ordinary citizen cannot own firearms. Think what you're asking of the federal government or the state government or your local government, and what are they going to have the power to do? All right. They're going to have the power to come into your house and take from you your possessions. And if you think that's not a big deal, then think about it more because it is a big deal. So it's going to make criminals out of everybody who's otherwise not a criminal, and it's going to be a regulatory crime. You have guns and you have to turn them over. And let's just say I don't want to. And you're going to say, well, then you're a criminal. Law is the law. Majority rule. All right, fine. What about the corrupt cop? He's going to knock on my door and say, we're coming into your house. No, you're not. Yes, we are. No, you're not. Well, there's an edict here from the government. This is an administrative um, taking, and we're here to take your guns. And, you know, I think about the abuse of power that can create for minorities. Yeah, and. Your your example is the mid 1700s yeah. here in America. Yeah, it is. That's exactly it's why exactly we went to happened. war. It's exactly what happened. <laughs> the kings, the 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 the, the, the or the uh, British army was doing just that. Go into any colonial home, knock on take door, whatever they right want, in, take what they want, and you and you know, it's like these are things you can't just legislate in a vacuum and say, yeah, we'll solve this. We'll just make it illegal to have a gun. All right, well. So irrespective of whether you could actually do that, do you really think that the federal government or the local government or the brown shirts, whoever's job, it's, they're going to be tasked to go take everybody's guns? How do you think that's going down? And, mm-hmm. and do you think that could be implemented in a racial way? Think again if, you, yeah. if you're thinking no. So it's like let's say you got a racist um, brown shirt who said, hey, look, I think uh, this, uh, this black family over here, I've been watching them anyway. I don't like them. I'm going to go find some drugs in their house under the guise of looking for guns. And it's going to go beyond the color of your skin. It's going to go to religion. Religion. What you read, what you eat. 
what, you might have pissed him off on the way and flipped him off because of a yeah. road rage incident. Sure. It's like it, it's proven in history that it will happen. Again. Power corrupts it's, and absolute power corrupts. It's absolutely. proven. It always does. So if you think you're the one with the power, it, like if the power is being yield or wielded for the something you want, it's going to be okay and it won't be corrupt. Just go read the history books. Yes, exactly. Go read the history yeah. books. Yep. Yeah. There was a, uh, an, another you know, things seem to happen up in the northern part of Ohio. I I, I, don't, I don't know why. Now, we talked about a couple of Cincinnati cases, but uh, a police-involved uh, shooting took place of a dog in Lorraine, and it caused quite an uproar. There, there was a public demonstration against the police department because an officer put down a three-year-old uh, Labrador Golden Retriever mix dog the owners were having trouble getting the dogs under control. And apparently this dog came towards the officer. It's not indicating that it was uh, threatening the officer, but he did not like the dog approaching him. And apparently there was a pattern with this family of dogs getting out. They have four dogs. Um, the owner's name is Tammy Kearns and the officer, no relation to Steve, is Elliot Palmer. And he was placed on administrative leave he, he shot the dog, I believe, four times, killed the dog, got in a cruiser and, and left the scene, <laughs> which is a little unbelievable because uh, the neighbors were, were, were starting to really protest in real time that he did this, uh, that he you know shot the dog. The dog kind of whimpered and struggled, and then he put three more rounds in the dog, apparently. Uh, so Lorraine, Ohio, here we go. Uh, I don't know how this is going to shake out. He may lose his job. I don't know. But he had been at that address on previous occasions. And the owner said he helped. He was actually helpful to her on previous occasions. But this time around, for some reason, he he must have been in fear or was just sick of the dog. I don't know what his intentions are, but he did shoot the dog. Um, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. It's it horrible. is horrible. So all I can say to something like this is investigate the crap out of it. Figure out what the heck happened, and if he's wrong, he's wrong. You know, there's going to have to there's going to have to be some discipline. I think if we're going to have if we're going to rein in the police in any meaningful way, it's not by theatrical accusations that all cops are racist. It's going to be by enforcing the rules and the conduct and the code of conduct that already exists, both constitutionally and administratively. And you know, there not all cops are good. Not all cops are bad. Um, there, in fact, most of them are probably both on some level, just yeah. like the rest of us are. Yeah. I'll put a link in our show notes to the, to the video of the, they don't show the killing of the dog, but, um, I don't know. First glance at it. I think, uh, the officer may have overreacted <laughs> Yeah, that, that dog was not going after him. You, you can tell when a dog is going after him. And I, I mean, I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure the cop was frustrated. I, you know, you build up, build up, build up, you know, frustration They're about human. the whole they're human, they're human, for sure, for but, sure, and may but, have been a bad call on his part on that one. It might have been, it might have been. But again, you're not you, you're trying to play into his head. I have no clue, no yeah. clue. You know, you're not there, so. But no, yeah, yeah I don't know. That's a tough one. This went this went down on July the second, yeah. so it's pretty That's fresh, and uh, I guess we'll hear about the outcome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Follow up. Uh, tough one. So another another Cleveland case, guys. This is really awful. Uh, to say the least, I mean, Captain Obvious statement, but a 31-year-old a mother went on a vacation, I believe, to Puerto Rico and left her 16-month-old, you know, 
under two years, 16 months, child alone in the house. I mean, I 16 months, 16 yeah, just months, left the, just left the baby in the house. The baby died and she came back. The baby's non-responsive. Well, she imagine called that. Baby. Yeah, yeah, right. Another, I mean, wow. I mean, there must be some mental illness involved. I, I just can't imagine this. Wow. So, uh, again, the baby Jalen is the name of the baby, and Crystal Candelario is the name of the mother, 31 years old. Um, mm. I don't know if she's a single mother. I don't know the circumstances, but this happened in Cleveland and uh, just, uh, I guess, a month ago when all this went down and she went home i guess to see family or friends in puerto rico where perhaps she's from or has relatives i don't know the situation there but left a 16 month old baby by itself i it's not an aquarium fish i mean i don't understand well, I mean, it's monstrous or it's i don't know there's a mental illness involved or something yeah I, that's so, yeah it, it man uh, you don't you don't even know what to say to that it just yeah yeah it, it reflects right? a complete lack of of interest in human life you know it's just like yeah like to think that to think that that's okay it, it's only like i i have no idea what psychology gets you there yeah right it's just it, it's hard to process that i actually i hope there is something severely wrong with I this hope. person from a mental health standpoint i hope it doesn't make the crime any better but i hope that it's not just somebody who's like oh yeah this baby will make it yeah, right I, yeah I, yeah I, 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 wow. I, I am absolutely i mean this isn't like look you can almost under, it's so sick that we have to categorize this stuff or, or like mm -hmm. a, add add like or a hierarchy to this stuff. But it's like you know the the mother who there's a case in in Columbus a while back where the mother went to buy cigarettes uh, and left the kid at home and there was a fire somebody died or something like that. It's like all right, you know you can just see that as a, a complete lapse of care. But at least they were just she was going and then coming right back, like right. leaving on vacation for days with a 16 month old. There there is no, there's nothing even conceivably. Now, uh, yeah, okay with that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I can't just, even come up with a logic that would say that is okay. Right. Yeah, I'm blown away. Blown away. I yeah. mean, for the baby to get to be 16 months old, she clearly took care of the baby up to 16 months. So she, you know, I it, yeah, it is bizarre. Hmm. You know. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You hate um, those. You hate those stories that you can't even make a comment other than just your jaw drops. Yeah. yeah. Do we yeah, have a? It, yeah. Do we have a few a few more minutes yeah, on the hit, show? Let's hit some nuggets. We got about ten more minutes. Okay, thank you, um, Governor Dewine. Now this is this a couple of weeks ago, but it's interesting to note the delay. It, and and I don't know if the delay is out of order. This is a point of discussion for us. But Dewine just now, like a couple of weeks ago, asked the Biden administration to declare a, a major disaster area for East Palestine. And it just seems like he's been a little slow on the uptake. I mean, did he have a meeting with Jill while she was in town to maybe uh, solidify the the deal? I mean, come on, she was in town. Wasn't yeah, she, she was in town. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what? Well, she's a doctor. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. So, wow, I I, I didn't even hear that, Norm. So yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, he's couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, and you're just. I don't maybe know, somebody Mike, maybe we, somebody reminded Grandpa that oh by the way we got that mess up there won't you ask again you know I mean wouldn't wouldn't you think like within 
two, three days. Like like when a tornado comes, when a tornado or a hurricane hits, right? And one of these governors says, hey, we need a declaration of a natural, of of an, excuse me, a major disaster, right? It's pretty quick. This, like, I don't know why it took so long for it to sink in that, you know, we need some federal help here. Yeah. uh, Like any other state that has a major disaster. Unless he was under the guise that the railroad was going to take care of it 100%. Yeah, right. I, I don't Maybe. There, I don't want to so give much, him much. I don't want to give him much grace. But, so much but, stuff to consider with this. It's almost yeah. hard to unravel. Yeah. I mean, it's like everything about it. <laughs> everything about this train thing is, is so insane. It is. It's just, utter, it is. it's an utter debacle. And as I like to say, it's like this, the, the best explanation here is just utter complete incompetence up and down the spectrum. Right. And you would hope that those officials would have a better game plan on emergencies. This right. is what we do. You know, I mean, a, a checklist almost. Sure, you can't predict every emergency. You can't. You can predict your response to emergencies. Bingo. You can practice that. You definitely can. It's on so, paper somewhere. Well, actually, hold on a second, though. Maybe maybe we're giving them too much credit. We are a train company hauling hazardous materials. <laughs> and I think Jay, the ex-checker, probably talked about this, too. It's like... There's a protocol for this. Yes. Right. Otherwise, they wouldn't be allowed to do what they do as a business. If you're a business and you're hauling hazardous stuff and you just haven't contemplated what happens if it spills, (laughs) it's like, like, come on. You know? Exactly. It's like, I don't think it's too much to ask to have a little bit of a plan in place beforehand. It's not. It just is. uh, It's crazy. All right, Norm, keep going. Um, So things in California as we all know, culturally have a tendency to emanate from there <laughs> and spread, you know, so the like discussion of Arizona is one person yeah. at a time. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Right. So there is currently pending a bill in the California legislature. This will be interesting to see if it passes. I bet it does. <laughs> right. Because they're so crazy. But this bill would uh, would mandate not allow it would mandate as one of the sentencing guidelines people who come from what they want to call in the legislation historically oppressed populations so you know definitely targeted towards uh black criminal defendants and getting years or months off of their sentence if it is demonstrated somehow in the pleadings that this, not that this person was oppressed, but that they come from or are part of a population which was historically said to be oppressed, yeah. which I know a lot of Irish define people. define that? Yeah, Irish, Italians, uh, <laughs> you know, even yeah. I think the German immigrants. Uh, um, Chinese, Chinese railroad. Oh my gosh, Chinese and Japanese. Sure. I mean, so, so how much how what, much do I have to have in my blood to be one of those? I always ask when we get into these cosmic discussions about oppressed people, please tell me the oppressed, pr- please tell me the people who were not oppressed at some time in human history. I don't know of any people who were not oppressed. Uh, the, every population was oppressed 
in, in some dramatic and very unfair way. The Cossacks in Russia were oppressed. They were almost wiped out by Stalin. I mean, on and on and on. Lots of populations are oppressed well, historically. Jews. Yeah. Like, so uh, I, like, I guess, yes, Jews, of course. I mean, yes. Perhaps more so. I, I don't, I can't, maybe this is no, perhaps more so than any other, right? It's like yeah. the Holocaust. Yeah. It's, All the pogroms uh, over the course of history since yeah. Jesus, you know, was crucified, various crazy Christian populations have have uh, decided that they needed to go rid their communities of Jews because, you know, they got to get even for Jesus being crucified. Yeah. Uh, and and is, it's just, it's like so... It's almost like affirmative action in the judicial system. Well, of course, right. They're saying, My gosh, we're, we're, what they're really fail. saying is we're going to go what let people with a certain skin color out of prison. Exactly. And, and look, and you, if yeah. you could prove that they're in prison because of a racist agenda, I'm open to that. You bet. But that's an individual case-by-case -case basis, isn't it? And they don't have the time to do it, so they have to just make a big swipe. doesn't look as good when they do it. When they do it, like, oh, this person... Like uh, this was a Mark Furman prosecution, and we can establish that he was racist, and therefore, we, and we can show some racist conduct in this case. It's like I'm, I'm open to that, but just to say that it must be racism because you're a certain color and you're in prison, I think that's that's too broad a brush. And, and does that legislation then look back or just moving forward with cases? Yeah, like where, yeah, exactly. Where's that slippery slope end? Like, well, what you need yeah. is a whole government bureaucracy to go enforce it, so now or implement it, so. You know, now we're going to go look at who's in there right now. Yeah, let's go to make a. Bigger, or, or are you going to see cases coming up? Like, hey, spend some more of our dollars. Yeah. Wow. Is it is it is it not amazing to all of us that on the heels of the Supreme Court about Harvard and the University of North Carolina involving admissions data uh, with regards to race, that the California legislature is going to inject race? right back in to the criminal sentencing guidelines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Right. As if that can't backfire. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do they not think that that'll get to the Supreme Court at some point? I mean, it's so crazy. So look, if I, now if I'm a white guy and I committed an armed bank robbery. Yeah. And my co-defendant was a black guy who was with me committing an armed bank robbery. How are we going to sort that one out? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like, I go to prison, but he doesn't? Because of yeah. the color of your skin. Or if he's not going to prison, then why, you know, what's a, where's the equal protection? I, I should go too. And so now they're going to make it a factor that says, well, if he's part of a race that has been uh, traditionally discriminated against, well, then we can we can deem that in his favor. You don't get that little checkbox, so therefore you go to prison and he doesn't. And I'm going to be saying, wow, is that not racist? Well, and I always bring up the example of our previous president, Obama. I mean, what would, how's it, what's a court do with with a person who's half white, half black, whatever those terms mean, but, you know, yeah. that's what Obama mm -hmm. says his heritage is. He's half white, half black. Well, which one is he? So are we going to have like some kind of. <laughs> right. Look, I mean, why can't we just be Americans? And I get it. There's historical racism and that sucks. And there's current racism and that sucks. And all of that is true. Um, and we might argue yes. about the degree of it currently. We might, you know, you may think there's more and we may think there's less or whatever it would be. But I think, you know, again, we're back to, we can agree on what the problem is for the most part. Um, 
But what's the solution? You give the, the government all the power to fix it? Like, exactly how is that going to happen? You know, your right. guy getting elected is not going to change any of this. In fact, it might even make it worse. So, uh, all right, well, we got, we're getting close to wrapping it up, Norm. You got one more? Yeah, so in the same, if you will, laboratory of human experimentation known as California, um, the rapper uh, 50 Cent, movie actor also, 50 Cent, um, put out his disagreement with the uh, prosecutor's office that has reinstituted in Los Angeles the no-cash bail um, policy. And he has said that L.A. is doomed. That's his quote, 50 Cent, that Los Angeles is doomed. He said, just watch what happens now that Gil, whatever his name is, that prosecutor out there, now that he, he has reinstated this policy which was withdrawn and now he's reinstated it um it it, allegedly the first time around it was because we don't want to crowd the jails with covid infected people so we're not going to have you know we're we're not going to have that because some people can't afford cash bail and then lieu of that they would go into jail And, and and so but but now he's he, he thinks it's such a good idea he's going to do it from now on no cash bail, and Fifty Cent said hey just look at the rearrests of the very same people day in day out I, I think there's one guy who was arrested twenty three times <laughs> they keep re- arresting this guy he keeps getting no cash bail it goes right back out does the same thing this is and where are just- we 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 converge Norm because this is like deterrence here this this is like uh i'm trying to think what this is this is like a reverse incentive so it's not just that it's deterrence Mm -hmm. if you get arrested and and you're thrown in jail it's that you know that if you go commit this crime and get arrested you're not going to get out or you don't have the money to get out so if you happen to do get out you don't want to do it that really might deter somebody because if you keep getting thrown in jail and you stay there and you're not going to get out until your case is resolved. People don't like that. I've been to, I've represented enough people at court sitting in the back of the courtroom linked up to the, the big steel bar on the side of the wall, and uh, they just want to get out. And when they can't get out, they know that if they commit another crime, they're not going to get out. But if it's not just that. Here, there's a stated policy that you will not go to jail if you commit crimes. It's like, yeah. you go commit this crime, I'm not going to jail. It's like, What's the, you know, think think of like a little experiment where the Pavlov's dog is what I'm thinking of. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. ring the bell. Okay, done. I, I, yeah. I If I commit crime, I what there's no consequence for me. And it's not even like, it, you could argue, I suppose, on the other side, well, eventually there's a consequence because we're going to prosecute, but they're not prosecuting either. You know, they're, they, in fact, the story before here we just talked about was we're going to let people out of prison. So, like, you know, to some extent, you're eliminating any deterrent whatsoever to commit crimes, and these people have shown historically, like the the repeat offenders anyway, uh-huh. that they commit crimes. It has nothing to do with their color or skin. I could care less. It just could be white, black, green. It doesn't make any difference to me. If you're Chinese That's and, right. and, you, mm-hmm. That's right. and you've got right. 15 yeah. things on your rap sheet, if you're white, yeah. if you're black, if you're Hispanic, it doesn't matter to me. doesn't matter to me. You don't care. You're going to commit crimes, and there's one right. way to stop that person. You put them in jail. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. All right. Well, we got to wrap it up. Uh, another riveting episode, an hour and 10 minute episode of Common Sense Ohio coming at you on July 14, 2023, 7, 14, hey, Steve. 23. Yes, sir. Steve, preview our interview with Bernie Marino. 
for next week. Please. Yeah, we got an interview coming up with Bernie Marino. Norm, go ahead and give us a little teaser. Well, he is one of the Republican candidates, you know, throwing his hat in the ring. Uh, there, there are others that are that intend to run for the seat currently occupied by U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown, Democrat, uh, that have thrown their and Bernie Marino is one of the leading candidates. We're going to have him on the show in the studio. Uh, we believe uh, he is going to uh, 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 be our guest for an hour and talk about why he wants to become a U.S. senator representing Ohio. Uh, one of the 100 senators that we have in the federal government, two from each state. We currently have J.D. Vance, just recently elected, and J.D. Vance has endorsed uh, Republican J.D. Vance, uh, Hillbilly Elegy author, uh, movie and book, uh, endorsed uh, in, uh, Bernie Marino, a, a businessman who I believe his relatives came from South America, and uh, he bootstrapped his way from being a very minor car dealer in the Cleveland area to being one of the largest uh, and has since, uh, I believe, sold his interest in, in that series of dealerships. So he has a Horatio Alger kind of success story to tell us about. And uh, he's running for U.S. Senate. Yeah, so and, awesome. We lined up him for as a guest. So tune in next week is the moral of that story. Because uh, Yes, sir. You know, and we're doing more and more of this, folks. We're getting guests in, and there, there's a few lined up beyond this, too. So um, the idea is to is to really share an open forum and have common sense discussions with people who matter in the community. And it doesn't matter we would, what bench you are. And we would welcome. So if, if anybody from the Sherrod Brown, uh, listen, we would welcome a Democrat candidate. Yeah, you bet. Uh, so if Sherrod Brown wants to be with us or call in or any of the other Republican uh, uh, people running for the right, you know, to, to, to win the primary uh running against bernie uh for the same opportunity to uh compete for that seat you're welcome on our show you bet all right well yeah. with that we're going to wrap it up uh commonsenseohioshow.com for those who didn't catch it at the intro you're catching it at the outro commonsenseohioshow.com you can like you can subscribe you can share do all those things go to where you get podcasts do uh, again, all those things. And I hate to say it, but we're going to wrap it up till next week, but a good episode coming up uh, next week. Until then, coming at you right from the middle at commonsenseohioshow.com.